0: Book authors are imaginative architects inviting readers to embark on journeys of the mind and heart. Dedicating this segment to venture on search journeys in our journey podcast with your host Smita Gunturi. Hello everybody, I have Shanita Lu with me today. She is an author of a book called Diyadurga. Thank you for being here Shanita and thank you for your time. Please go ahead and tell us why did you write this book and what is the story behind starting it?
1: Thank you so much for having me. Um, so I published my very first self-help memoir earlier this year and it's called Dear Dorga, A Mom's Guide to Activate Courage and Emerge Victorious. And it's really about my story of burning out and feeling lost and feeling lots of fear, fears that it had built over, it built up over the course of my life and one evening I tuned into my heart and I connected with my courage, who showed up in the form of Durga Ma, who is one of the fiercest maternal warrior goddesses in Hinduism. And she told me three things that I really needed to hear. She told me, I've got your back. You're not alone, and you are more than enough. And I remember crying and thinking, oh my gosh, I have this warrior goddess who's got my back, who's going to support me, who's going to help me through all of these major life transitions that I'm about to embark on. And Dear Dorka was the opening line that was in my journal for the last eight now going on more than eight years of me writing to Dorga through channeled writing. And I would start my journal entries with, Dear Dorga, how am I gonna get through today? What am I gonna do? And Dorga, <clears throat> she showed up to support me, to help me call in my courageous energy within. And it showed up as her, but she helped me overcome all of these fears and obstacles so that I could leave the toxic job and start my business and become a life coach and healer and build my family and have three children. And I couldn't have done it without her. So she asked me to write this book. She even co-wrote the book with me. And she said, you have to tell everybody about our story and you have to tell them about your courage kit. And the courage kit is just a framework that I teach and share with readers to help them, to walk them through, here's where you start. Here's where you activate this courage. And this is how you keep it alive. That's
0: interesting when you say everybody will have fear in their life. So when you are talking about like burning out, feeling lost and fear, what is that one fear that you are like most scared of that you don't want to have it in your life? And how did you fight with it?
1: Ooh, that is a big question. And I had so many fears, but I think one of the biggest fears I had was that I wouldn't wouldn't be enough as a mother because when I had this critical moment with Dordga, I wanted to start a family. And after leaving the job that was burning me out, I got pregnant with my first child. And I remember we were going through so many changes. We were moving into a new home. I was starting a new business. I didn't have a clue. And I just remember thinking, how am I gonna support this child? I'm not employed. What am I gonna do? I don't know what I'm doing. And I'm still trying to figure out my own life. And I think the power of MA and her maternal protection and energy supported me with calling in my maternal power. And I think together and me calling, my, calling in my courage and calling in her, that has really helped me show up for my
0: children and for my family. What is the process like when you were trying to come out or step out of the fear though you got the calling and you felt like yeah the gama is with you to help you through the process but there will be like human fear still existing in us so what was the process like like for uh for crossing that line for you from fear to that courage point oh yeah the
1: process was so messy because I had so many fears there was a lot of ugly crying there was a lot of mental health support that i had to get i was in the mental health and wellness space as a life coach but i found myself going to other coaches to get coaching as well as therapists to support me with healing some of these wounds and changing some of these cultural mindsets and behaviors that weren't serving me but that i had been carrying out for so long because it became habitual and the journal writing was really very cathartic for me to be able to write to Dear Dorga almost every day and say, Hey, I'm feeling lost. Can you help me? And she would reply back and through channeled writing, I'd be able to write down what she'd say. And some days it would be like, you're fine. And some other days it'd be like, put the dishes down. You're not getting that done today. Go take a nap. I mean, she just felt like my confidant to give me the advice and support I needed when my own inner critic couldn't do it for myself
0: you were talking a bit about journaling Uh, it's not easy for everybody to put their thoughts on the paper example is best me actually i thought of writing it from ages and even now it is really really hard for me to put all my feelings on the paper having that said how hard was it for you to put down your fears to list down them and then conquer one after the other, though you say again, like, yeah, you have all these tools uh, at your corner, like the courage kit that you have created. However, like facing them day to day, writing them down, first of all, accepting that, like, yes, I have this problem. I, I'm i afraid of this. How hard was that for you? And uh, what was the biggest challenges that you have faced?
1: Yeah, I-, I love that you made that point about journaling. You know, journaling isn't for everyone. Everyone's got different modalities that they use to support their processing of life because I have been a writer all my life writing has always been a space for me to let out my feelings when I didn't have anybody to talk to about my emotions and um I had to write to acknowledge my fears in the first place I think that's where working with other mental health professionals, helped me name some of what was coming up for me. Because when you're in the thick of it, when you're scared, when you're procrastinating, when you're in self-doubt, when you're being a perfectionist, when you're trying to overachieve and check all the boxes, you don't really realize you're in it until you're out of it, which means you've either burned out and you're realizing, oof, there's some things that, that are not doing good for me anymore, or someone else is checking you on those things. And so having other human beings around me to help me acknowledge what these things were and the symptoms and how they were showing up in my life day-to-day, week-to-week, month-to-month, that's when I was able to articulate it and put it down. But it wasn't just writing it. Like I had to change my habits. You know, self-care started, that term started to boom You know, eight years ago, people were starting to realize, oh, burnout is a real epidemic, you know, and so I had to walk my talk in terms of carving out time and space for myself every single day, no matter how busy it got to start tending to me, because when I was coming from a place of depletion, that is when fear swoops in, so for anybody who's listening, if you are tired, if you are depleted, if you are burned out, your fears have prime ripe stomping grounds to come through and annoy you and bother you and talk you out of all the things that mean mean something to you but when you are able to connect and fulfill yourself and start working towards that it creates more space for courage to come through and say hey fears
0: we don't have we don't have time for you go away (laughs) you know You're talking more about like the fears that you were facing or like, yeah, you crossed across, but there will be a root cause of where is the fear coming from in the first place? Do you have any backstory for that, that you started having fears for this reason or like feeling of I'm not enough from some roots that you have brought up with or like you were treated by somebody or something? Do you have any example like that?
1: Yes, for sure, and I share a lot about that in my book, and so there are multiple layers of this. I'll start with the zoomed out layer, uh, which is I am a few generations removed from indentureship, and that was the substitute system for slavery in the caribbean this is when indians were taken from india in the 1800s sent on ships and they were shipped out to the caribbean to malaysia to fiji they were shipped out to all of these different regions across the world and you know my ancestors came from this this legacy of sacrifice um, this very colonized culture where they didn't get to be who they wanted to be because they had to be subservient under these very harsh conditions. And while they persevered, they never got to take care of themselves. That wasn't wasn't an option. And so a lot of that kind of trickled down into the women in my family, the matriarchs, my grandmother, my mother, these were doers. These were women who were just constantly on the go. And there wasn't time or space To show emotion, no one did that no one talked about feelings all of that stigma and taboo around. You know, showing up not perfect was real, and so these are mindsets and behaviors that i've seen in the last few generations in my line. And what do children do when they grow up they don't do what you say they do what you do, and I found myself exemplifying a lot of these behaviors. And it was showing up in my adult life. And I was scratching my head going, wait a minute. I'm I'm doing this sacrificial thing too. What is going on? I need to give myself permission to take care of myself. If I don't, you know, my grandmother died at 59 years old. She, and I talk about this in chapter five in the book, she died young because she took on so much. And so there's all of this sort of behavioral stuff and biological stuff that kind of runs down my line. And for many Indo-Caribbean um, people across the world, so, um, and those of the indentured diaspora, even if they're not in the Caribbean, these are legacies of sacrifice that run really deep. And that's part of some of the things, including the societal right conditions that all the the expectations that women have, um, that are expected of women rather um that contribute to that
0: you were talking about like yeah your generational uh, issues about how you got into the sphere once you stepped out do you ever have or like felt guilt about like what you have done or like that you are not able to fit into their shoes whatever they have carried as a legacy whether it is good or bad it's a different thing it is it is given to us in a different way from us. For example, like yeah, we are mothers, and if we are not doing certain things for our kids, we always carry that guilt. We'll think like, okay, my kid did not eat, and I'm eating already. So, I mean, am I a good mother or something? Have you ever felt such kind of a guilt, and how do you cope with it?
1: Oh, the guilt is so real. I'm glad you named that, and um, yeah. I feel it every day, like, especially mob guilt, mob guilt does not go away. It just does not, it, it just it just changes forms as your, exactly. as your kids grow. And so I certainly felt a lot of guilt, even just guilt making decisions to say, I'm going to leave this decent paying job because I can no longer work, you know, 10 to 12 hour days and, or my soul is not happy. Like I felt guilt every single step of the way as I was making these life changes to support my own mental health and well-being and to prepare myself and setting the foundations for building my family and building my company and building this new phase of my life that I was trying to enter into. Um, And the guilt doesn't go away, but what I would say is that it gets less potent over time when you continue to remind yourself and call in your courage and say, hey, no fear is telling me today, that I shouldn't take that walk outside, even though those 20 minutes could really clear my head and set me up for a good day. What do I do? And so I'm I'm teaching folks how to activate their courage, right? It's, it may not be a warrior goddess for, for this person. It might be a tree, it might be a mountain, it might be your late grandma, who knows? But the point is, is that this energy will look and feel true for you. It will come through, it is inside of you. It is accessible 24 seven. And when you, know how to tune in and harness that energy you can connect with it however you want there is no right or wrong and that energy is going to help you on the days when guilt feels heavy and you can say okay courage what would you have me know today and i cannot tell you how many times dorgama has been like that's not true that guilt right now that is coming up for you that's false stop listening to that narrative that's not true go take your nap (laughs) go take your walk go Go do the thing that you said you wanted to do, because that fills up your cup.
0: Though we have fought through the kind of a guilt by ourselves, we'll always have one of the corner thinking that what others think. Have you had that corner as well? Like, yeah, when you go take a nap, leaving your kids somebody sees what would they think about like yeah, i'm leaving my kids and i'm going and sleeping or like yeah whatever You are well-paid job whatever you're going through through the mental health or like you don't like it it is not for your soul those are your feelings but for the people to look at from outside it is like look at her she's just leaving some well-paid job for whatever the reasons it is and why is she even doing that so have you ever had that feeling like what others think and you have to fill their cups
1: absolutely and i talk a lot about that in the book because i felt guilt about honoring myself and tuning everybody else out and it taught me two things one this is my life it it doesn't matter what that person over there or that old colleague thinks of me and if you do find yourself in an environment where all of these people are not supporting the decisions that are going to support you then You need a new support system and so i was really fortunate enough to have friends and family support me in this journey of making a lot of these major life changes but i did have some old colleagues and i did have some old folks in my life that i i had to step away from and say you know what i'm sorry your energy is not supporting me in my next steps right now Because my ultimate goal is to feel victorious. And that's why I include that word in the title of the book. The word victorious doesn't just mean to triumph over. And it doesn't just refer to this symbol of Ma, who who represents victory over evil. Victorious means to be fulfilled by definition. And so no one else outside of me is going to do that. The only person who can fulfill me is me. And I felt very scared about what other people would say. It's a huge component of the South Asian diasporic culture. What will they say? And Ma, my courage has reminded me time and time again that that does not matter. I have to be in alignment with what is true for me, and that's it. And if I can demonstrate that courageously to my children, then I'm then I'm then I'm
0: okay. Then I'm fine. You're talking about fulfillment. What is fulfillment for you?
1: That's a great question. Fulfillment for me is anything that makes me feel satisfied and feel okay. So it could be as simple as eating that piece of milk chocolate that like makes my day, or it could be taking that 30 minute walk outside at the park nearby because I needed fresh air and I needed sunshine. It could be so simple, but I have found that I've stopped asking myself what makes me successful, which is laden with all of these benchmarks and all of this pressure and all of this achieving. And I've reframed that to what makes me victorious and when I change it to that not only am I happier i'm a nicer mommy i'm a nicer person i'm a more productive human being at work, you know, like it will trickle into your personal and professional worlds when, sh- when you are fulfilled for yourself.
0: You spoke about your courage kit and I have read it somewhere uh, saying that there are four points that you cover in your courage kit, active, align, elevate, and act. So what, what are those things, what does they mean to you and how do you actually define them from your words?
1: Yeah, and so this courage kit evolved, it was kind of got birthed as I was coaching my own clients and I realized fear is at the bottom of everything, right? And so what are we gonna do here? Um, activate, it means how do we ignite that courageous energy that's so dynamic and wise inside of you? How do we tune into our heart and do just that? So that's what activate is. Then align, align means what do I need? <laughs> what do what do I value what is important to me and how do I connect to that because if I'm disregarding that I'm going to get derailed in a heartbeat and so that's what alignment means to me you got to be in alignment with what you truly want then there's alleviate I can't be courageous if I'm burned out all the time I can't be courageous and make my dreams come true when I can like barely get through the day you know so alleviate are all of the different modalities that I employ to feel, not just feel fulfilled, but to like take care of myself on a mental, physical, emotional, and spiritual level. And then act is how do I not just take courageous action, but stay in it to win it? How do I continue to stay courageous even on my hardest days, even on the days where I get rejections and disappointment and I'm not meeting the bar, the standard that I set for myself, which happens often. And so I have to call my courage who has to remind me you're not a failure. And that thing didn't work out, but guess what? This other door is going to open for you soon. So those four things, those phases are what I take the readers through to support them with figuring out what works for them. I have a framework I share, but at the end of the day, it's all customizable. What works for you and how do you, how do you continue to keep that courage kit alive for yourself? so that you can keep right showing up for
0: yourself courageously and victoriously. You talk about mental health a little more. So what are the mental health issues that you had? And today people are facing mental health issues throughout the world. Previously it was not identifiable or like people brush it off saying like, it's nothing. You can go pray yourself or like you can do these kind of self-love activities. Though they say all of those things, it's not easy to fight through that mental health by yourself. Or like, even if you're getting help too. But for somebody who is actually fighting through that mental health issues, what would be that one suggestion that you would give as a basic thought for them to actually start fighting it?
1: Yeah, your mental health is so important. And I'm so glad there's more dialogue about it. But there's still so much stigma and taboo. And mental health is simply starts with checking in with yourself. How am I doing today? How am I feeling right now? What is this about? and checking in because we will we will trudge through the emails we will trudge through the day job we will trudge through taking care of our children and commuting home and doing all the things we have to do right to pay our bills and to be alive but when you press pause and you check in with yourself that in itself is a powerful act of seeing what's going on up here but mental health support is available and it means and it's it's not accessible to everyone. So there's a difference. It's available, not always accessible. But if you are able to find someone who provides some kind of support, whether it is a therapist or a coach or a hotline or something, right? There are resources, so many more now than before that can help you with your mental health. And when it came to my mental health, the number one thing that I struggled with was anxiety. I was a highly anxious person and I did not even know it. I had no idea. I didn't even know what it was until I started my coaching practice. And I think often we don't even know what the name is of what we are going through. Social media is really helpful to give us some definitions, some names, some descriptions, some tips, some tactics that can help us define um, and clarify what mental health looks like and feels like for us. But at the end of the day, it means checking in with yourself. And if you do not have the capacity to do that, which is kind of where a lot of people end up falling when a lot of stuff has gone down, you have to ask for help. And it requires courage to ask for help, especially when you come from a culture where asking for courage, I mean, asking for help is not uh, looked upon very positively. So calling in your courage to take that first step whatever that might look like is is important. How do you practice your self-care or self-love? I am a work in progress. I have three small children. And so I wish I had more of a structured day-to-day schedule, but these little people, um, there's all kinds of stuff that comes up on the fly and I have to be ready for it and flexible. Um, but I will say that if I can steal away at least 20 minutes in the evening for myself to not scroll on Instagram and to not hear the noise of the TV news or to just be away from everyone and everything to gather myself, that alone can be self care. It could be writing in my journal, it could be taking that walk outside in the morning after I, I drop the kids off to school it's really simple and I've tried to simplify it and not try to get it right or perfect because I used to get paralyzed in trying to do it correctly and I realized that that does not make sense for me (laughs) I have three small kids and I have to just do what what works until it doesn't and then reset if I need to how
0: do you practice your gratitude
1: I practice that by connecting with my courage and, and saying thank you. And it comes out in the form of prayer, it comes out in the form of writing. Um, and I have other like spiritual and energy healing modalities that I dabble in as a, a healer practitioner. And so I find that like embodying the gratitude and and doing the practices I think also support me with that
0: what is that one thing that you have valued before and after your transformation you don't value it anymore
1: oh that's a good question if you asked me this last month I don't know I would have been able to say this but I've been doing a lot of work on myself recently and um as I as, as I always am and I used to value what other people think the external-facing world, the followers on Instagram and LinkedIn, um, my my communities. I I wanted them so desperately to see me as this um, the success. Um, that is not. I do not value that anymore because I am finally learning that it is. I'm no longer addicted to this external validation and that I'm enough, Ma reminds me I'm enough. And sure, do I wanna share my victories and wins with my community? Yes, but I'm not relying on it to keep me going. What is success in your words? It's interesting, because I, I actually don't really use that word anymore because the word success creates a lot of pressure, um, It makes me think about benchmarks. It makes me think about uh, quantitative uh, metrics. And I have learned by working with my courage that it's less about the quantity, whether it's the money I'm making or the amount of followers or the amount of books sold or whatever that metric is, and it's about quality. And it's about my fulfillment. So I've actually substituted the word success with Victorious because success worked for me when I was an overachieving, box-checking person who was just trying to get through school, get through the workforce, show everybody, look what Janita can do. But I'm not that person anymore, and I do not need that trajectory to um, define who I am and how I show up in the world anymore I have nothing else to prove I have I don't have to prove anything to anyone anymore do you have any regrets I don't have any regrets but I do feel very sad about the older version of me if I could go back in time I would tell her like you're okay you're more than okay you're more than enough but she couldn't hear that back then she didn't have the tools and She was just too discouraged by life to hear it so i don't have any regrets but i do feel sad that she didn't get to revel in the victoriousness of who she was at the time in real time what is freedom for you that's a lovely question freedom is i equate freedom with
0: unapologetically being myself how do you practice or say what is forgiveness for you
1: forgiveness is the gift that you give yourself to not hold on to right the negative or toxic energy that you might be holding from that person or the thing the incident the trauma whatever it might be how do i practice forgiveness i talk to my courage i know i sound like a broken record but literally i go to my courage for everything i'm like ma i'm really pissed at this person they didn't get back to me or like she did that thing to me and then ma has to like remind me like let that go like is that really important is that adding value to your life right now is that supporting you with getting from point a to point b is that helping you take care of your kids and yourself and you know 10 times out of 10 i'm like no it doesn't it does not help me move the needle in my life so she reminds me that she reminds me of what is important so that I can then lean into forgiveness and truly let the energy of that that person, that thing, that incident go.
0: When you are leaving your job and wanted to have this transformation in your life, what is the worst advice that you have got and what is the best advice that you have got from anybody around you?
1: The worst advice I got was maybe you should stay because you know you want to have a job when you have your baby and the best advice was like yeah go go because your soul is dying and I actually conceived my my son. The week that I was finishing the job, so that goes to show you that the universe was already like your body is too stressed to conceive a child, and so once I started I I gave four weeks notice and I was working my way out of there literally the week of my last day at work. There he was right (laughs) there, he was And so it just goes to show the correlation of the stress right that you're experiencing in your life your body holds that your body traps everything and what it takes and, in my case, it took me courage to finally let go and. Take care of myself, get over the fears, and you know, luckily have a safe pregnancy. Um, so I'm really, really grateful that I did what I did back then. It was a big risk,
0: but you know, I
1: wouldn't, I wouldn't change anything for the world.
0: I know that you have mentioned before we start recording. You mentioned you are a veteran spouse, having a person, but not having besides you all the time under you going through this transformation. How hard was it and who is the supportive system for you?
1: Yeah, um, as a veteran spouse, my husband served in the military and he had deployed to Iraq um, in 2008, 2009. And so we got married after he returned. And I think if there are any military and veteran folks listening out there, you will know that No one gives you a playbook for what it means to be in the life of civilian land right and so i believe like when i was going through my changes and my transformations i think my husband was sort of seeing oh okay like talking to someone and getting help and finding community and support groups those those are helping her you know maybe i should try that too maybe we should try that together and i think it was a catalyst for us to start doing our own self-work because we weren't taught that, we weren't shown that growing up, that just wasn't part of our culture or our family dynamic. So this sort of self-help um, personal growth journey, I think by me just showing up for myself and, and for us as, as a couple, right, we were able to kind of start doing that work and continuing to do that work um, for ourselves.
0: What is that one thing that usually people say, like, I wish I would have known this earlier? So is there something like that for you that you always think, like, I wish I would have known this earlier, not to waste this kind of a time or like not to go through that kind of um, depressed, not depressed, like a mental health moment or anything? Was there anything for you in that way?
1: I wish I would have known I had access to my courage. If I knew that I had this courageous energy inside of me to help me from the beginning, i would have stressed less i would have stopped caring about what other people thought i would
0: have i would have lived an entirely different life and you spoke a lot about courage let me add that with another word what is courageous love for you okay
1: to me courage is love to me courage and love go hand in hand they both come from the heart and the heart is where we that heart chakra is where we um not only love on others and give to others but we also receive love and care, and we are loved on. And courage is just an energy within our heart space, between our heart and our solar plexus, just kind of hanging out, ready to support us. It's a form of love. And I found that by working with Dorga, I felt very loved on, which was very beautiful for me. And it was something that gave me hope and strength and power during the time when my fears wanted to steer the
0: wheel. Thank you for tuning in and you can find me on all the socials at Smita and the show notes for any resources mentioned. See you next week. Take care.